So no questions today, but two questions tonight. All right, okay. Um, my first one relates to the, the intricacies of the technique of yes. meditation. Mm -hmm. um, we have the awareness yes. and we have the breath. Yeah. And there's that, that aspect of um, letting go mm. and allowing yes. as well. Mm -hmm. I find sometimes in the, in the depths of meditation, mm. there's a sense that I'm, control, I'm still controlling my breath and still controlling my awareness at yes. some level too. Mm. And so when I start to try and let that go as well, yes. Sometimes the awareness does some strange dances mm -hmm. uh, rather than being aware of the body, being aware of maybe something that's present in the body. Yes. If, I let it, if I let go of trying to control completely, mm. the awareness sometimes does something strange where it's almost like my eyes turn up in my head and yes. the breath is yes. almost kind of coming up mm. out of the eyes into the into the into the headspace yes. and and then there's, there's that sense of because i often get a, you know sensations around yes. the head sometimes when i'm allowing trying to feel into that as well that aspect that can play as well and there's yes. almost like this this switching on and switching off between those two aspects one of letting the awareness go and it just kind of yes. goes mm -hmm. into this sort of spaciness in the head yeah and another time when it comes back and then taking in the kind of the grander picture mm. and there's sort of a more whenever I do the squinting thing which I find works for me to you know just to be remain present yeah. in here mm. the um, seemed the buzz were the key were the thread uh, running through where the concern was is around control mm. yeah. The factor of control can go towards the object, i.e. the breath, or with the mindfulness or awareness, which you might call the subject. And the, the wish to let it go uh, means therefore letting go uh, of the control factor will clearly change the dynamic and therefore the energies and sometimes with the feelings can move um, anywhere in the body and for some common enough as you point out in the kind of certain shake up that goes on there's the impact in a location it is felt as sensations and a common area is the face uh, there. It sounded a little, a, li a little bit that you perceive uh, control as kind of essentially problematic, that it would be, so to speak, better to be without the control. It sounded like it. I think there's a, I think. I'm, there's an uns unsuredness about yeah. what level of control of the awareness or the breath yes. is okay. Yeah, all right. So, 
in a way, and, and it's the important question and a really, a really, really valid one, and experience um, has to decide the show or be clear about this. But in a way, if I say, um, be mindful of breathing in and out, you know, as the let's say that's the, that's the primary object of it. In a way, isn't there already a kind of control coming in, in which there is a preference and a priority to given to the breath at the reduction or the letting go uh, of everything else to make that a priority. There's a certain factor of control in in that. Uh, Are there any signals for you? Um, and remembering this, of course, here it's mindfulness of the breath. In daily life, it could be mindfulness, mindfulness of anything, you know, what we're giving attention to. So here, with the breath, can be representational, a kind of mirror image of other things in our life. You know, see what's here. This is, does it have? Because it's the same mind have some manifestation elsewhere. You know, it's always making the links there. But come back to the question for the moment. Are there any indications for you when there is some sense in the mindfulness of breathing, which has a control, because it's in a way saying less or no to that and more to this, which indicates to you the control is getting too much or it's getting stronger are there any whispers or signals with it <clears throat> I think one of the things I experience is when if I focus too much mm. or my awareness is is zero is zeroed into kind of almost hyper focus yes there's a pressure that occurs right. and then I, I notice that in the body and then I realize what I'm doing and yeah and, right. and kind of back off and let go in yeah. Yeah, yeah. that yeah so what one is, is important here so my fitness is uh, is uh, uh, directed they can be whatever desire too much energy um, a wish to hold to hold to the breath or whatever that's strengthening the control and any strengthening of the control will then me, generate some pressure elsewhere is where there is some pressure and it's being felt is letting go always the best resolution of pressure due to control it's an open sort of open question is because that's quite often the media response so I'm, I'm, I'm <coughs> obviously I'm trying too hard or I'm focusing too strongly or I'm getting too intense or too hyper or whatever it might be whoa gosh that's having some impact I'm experiencing the impact wherever it might be quite often <coughs> immediate responses oh this is to be let go of I would say this is one response 
rather than me? Could there be other ways of relating to the pressure other than the wish to let go of it? I've definitely had the experience where I've just been with the pressure right. and, allowed, and just taken that as the as the what's present. The pressure okay. is present, right. and good. And it's it's it, it it's never it's never permanent. It always gets to a point whether it it can release in a moment mm-hmm. or it will it will gradually ease off or yeah. it won't be there next meditation it was yep. you know it was All present right. in one but not the next okay. so we're, we're always looking in in the terms of the causes and conditions to see a dynamic what leads up to this is kind of put a dharma language for a moment what leads up to so there's the initial the intentionality to focus on the breath then possibly a little bit more comes in that's ne- and is necessary, quite often trying too hard or whatever. That then brings in more control. And in that control, some pressure is built up because there's some exclusion. Keeping that out in order to be with this, that generates the pressure. The pressure has to land somewhere so in this case with yourself it's landing in the body so that's in the leading up to then two choices at the moment one is just to let get in touch with it make it the primary and let it go uh, another is as you point out staying with the pressure just really being with it as a kind of primary object in the uh, meditation and as you point out, it then can fade away uh, there. Right? Another way of relating to it? That's the easy one you just gave. Oh, that's the one I've been using. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. It, it works. Um, but apparently, we, you know, there's a lot of pressure in life. If we just to mirror it a little bit. And with the pressure that arises in life, sometimes it really is felt physically, like you say. Mm. Sometimes it's felt more mentally or emotionally, etc. And this pressure is difficult for us, difficult for others, quite often as well. And say, okay, what is a way to contribute to the dissolution of the pressure? And one is uh, the response to the letting go, another really being patient, being with it, knowing from past experience it will go, it will fade away and, and there is no interest to control it and there is no interest to feed it. But I'm still curious and interested in dealing with life's pressure, pressures. I usually just yell at the trees. Pardon? I said yeah. I usually just yell at the trees. You yell at the trees. Poor <laughs> <laughs> uh, trees. Is that right? <laughs> trees are, can handle it far better than human beings. Mm. So, all right. So sometimes we need the outlet. And the outlet is the tree, the trees, or, or whatever. Nature. Mm. Well, yeah, well, nature, some, something. So some pressure fell in the body when not when there, will seek to find an outlet. It has to. 
obviously the voice can be one but the pressures in the eyes and in the face and in the head um, etc could be another uh, if it's not finding some outflow and it's not being dissolved or let go of then of course the pressure will make a pressure cooker situation inside affecting peace of mind obviously uh, affecting health emotional life because there's a pressure which is unresolved it's a a real challenge for all of us to to deal with the pressures uh, there so one is the, the outlet of the voice relaxation and uh, letting go a good cry will do it and another is it yeah <laughs> another one yeah sometimes a feeling heart life there and the the emotions taking place they move through and form into the water element extraordinary emotions and water element <coughs> if one has a dream with water in can be about the emotions, nearly always. And so the heart and the feelings move up through there, comes out in the tears. As a good man commented once, we have shed enough tears, our species, to fill a great ocean. And they they happen, but it is a valuable and precious form of release as well. Is there anything, just coming back to the beginning of what you said there, what's the sense of acknowledging, yes, there is some control, preference for this and less of that, called the meditation object, which there can be enough clarity so pressure isn't quietly building up. <laughs> what would be supportive? Calm, clear meditations without the building up of pressure, possibly due to the self trying too hard, trying to really be with the object. Mm, yeah, I think. Um yeah, either of those, and um, just maybe stepping back into a, a more whole body sort of. Yes, all right, lovely. Sitting yep. rather rather than zeroing in on the object too Good. hard. Lovely, excellent, yeah. excellent. So if we find this something of uh, the repetition, just with the <coughs> with the breath, and you know, that's the vulnerability of choosing a relatively small area, inhaling and exhaling. So to take the pressure off that, there can be, as you point out, an immediate expansion, and that can embrace and include the whole body. And sometimes there's a lot of pressure on the whole body to expand even further to include the space around the body. So we really have practice of just enough mindfulness and vigilance to see the issues around uh, pressure. Making a lot of good clarity and insight, learning to work with it, and the understanding then can be a good support when we're either under pressure from the other, or when pressure is building up, or both.
You had a second point you wanted to mention? Oh, I did. Um, if you wish. Well, actually, and this relates to all your talks. Yes. Um, you stirred in me a, 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 a strong thought today where uh, I'm involved in the men's community. Mm. In fact, the, fir the first time I met Tico's, he was at a men's gathering. Oh, right. Nice. And, nice. Um, and you talked about you know we see we see boy psychology and man psychology playing mm. itself out in the world at the moment and yes. we've lived in this patriarchal society mm. for however long mm. um and yet even though it's been patriarchal there's been a lot of boy psychology running the show but boy yeah. psychology means immature or adolescent yeah. or yeah yeah immature yeah, mm, yeah i get you yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and and um And as and as a consequence, I kind of have I, I evidence of, I get the sense that um, there's been this shift in our society with regards to masculinity and femininity, yes. mm -hmm. and and there's been a shift. We've been craving, we've been lacking in the masculine from my mm. from what I see, mm. or true masculinity. Mm. And and as a consequence, the poor poor old divine and nature and the feminine is, mm. has been suffering, and has been moving to try and fill the void in some way. From mm. and and so in in many ways, men have have, have actually failed mm. in this in this regard, um, and and. And I think um, women, rightly so, have mm. a rightly so. Um, have a reason to mm. be angry about mm -hmm. this and a reason to be saying this is not right. Yes. And, mm. and I think it's beautifully evidenced by um, we see transgender women who lived previously, who mm. previously identified as men but are now transgender yes. women. Mm. And they've turned around and said, hey guys, I, I went from here to here and I can yes. tell you the status quo mm. does not look good. You know, you, yeah. this is still an extremely patriarchal society. Um, and I was just kind of interested in your comment on that aspect. Mm. Yeah. On, I mean, I'm here because, and I do my men's work and the things I do mm. because I want to hold space mm. as a man not only yes. for myself but for my community yes. and my society yes. um, I would just be interested in your your take on that because mm. I know you're very interested in nature mm -hmm. and and you do the Dharma work mm -hmm. um, I was just interested from your point of view yes. from the polarity yeah. kind of aspect I've read uh, the good, worthwhile uh, literature, listened and participated uh, in meetings on uh, the gender uh, issues, have learnt a lot uh, uh, from it, but for me, I can veer in a... In a in the way of looking, a somewhat different, if I may say, a somewhat different kind of way. And what I, what I mean by that, for myself, 
in, in the view of things, I find it easier, much easier, to regard uh, ge uh, gender as essentially as um, as biological, yeah, the physical, the actual physical uh, differences uh, there, and I find it easier, as much as possible, to keep away from any kind of definition of what masculine or feminine is. Because it seems to me there are too many variations on the, on the rule of what it is to be a, a man or what it is to be a, a woman. I'm not sure if the biological, physical phenomena um, is so significant and therefore I find it um, e easier as women and men on the earth to look at our relationship to life what we can offer uh, each other what ways that we contribute to uh, wisdom yeah. and just let the, the biological factor whether the person has biology whether the uh, person undergoes uh, physical change of gender in terms of operations and so forth or personal preferences or biological etc to me more more important is to use and to explore the whole being in which the gender and emotional psychological attributes are not just around the gender sometimes um, and just occasionally, I would, ne I personally would never, personally never speak in terms of what is masculine or feminine. I think, whoa, 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 that's a minefield for me to, anyone to go in. Just occasionally, I'll uh, use where I found it most helpful and supportive is with uh, Carl Jung and the use of the animus and anima, and the reason for that, that those attributes of the animus and anima can be found in women and men. The animus, generally speaking, referring more to uh, the mind, um, to knowledge, to uh, information, to the mental faculties, anima, more towards the receptivity, the uh, sensitivities, uh, and those uh, expressions. But in my experience, um, over the over the decades, see plenty of manifestations and presentations of the animus and anima in the biology of men and women. <coughs> and I don't think, for me, don't see that one is more predominant than the other, because to me it would it would give the feeling of the stereotype. It is a pity with patriarchal religion, Buddhism um, in, uh, uh, in included there, and as you pointed out, the uh, contribution that we all can make with the qualities and the insights and understandings that we have are genuinely 
uh, important and obviously I'm you know, uh, delighted uh, as well to see that the West <coughs> in some of its healthy expressions there um, and especially in the realms of spirituality, religious exploration and more that it's pretty even in terms of the gender balance we're moving out of this old patriarchal uh, system there are many wonderful and fine teachers women teachers around here and men uh, uh, teachers and that to me is the really progressive direction to go in and one of the values coming back to the Buddhist tradition here that we in the West we have a, a, a real diverse exposure uh, there uh, and that reflects and uh, uh, shows itself in the diversity, in the varieties of uh, uh, sexual uh, uh, presence and communications and uh, much, much more in the good balance of women and male teachers. And when I go to places like Thailand, patriarchal, Theravada, classical uh, uh, tradition, there is more listening and more taking notice of the way things are developing here. And a really good example of this is Radha, who is one of the senior Dharma teachers, some of you will know uh, very well, is teaching every year in the Thai Buddhist monastery alone, so there's no male teacher, uh, there to the international group which includes Thais, which includes Indians and mostly uh, people from uh, uh, the west or other parts of uh, Asia and that particular monastery is regarded as the eighth most important monastery in Thailand but the abbot is progressive the abbot is seeing the directions that are <coughs> going and the outcome uh, of her voice in the monastery, giving the Dharma teachings to men and women, and including monks who will come and sit uh, as well, is one of those messages which is going out, things have to change. There's been a, there is still a lot of resistance to it, but we have a voice, and we are contributing to that opening, uh, opening out uh, there. And I think that uh, really is the way forward and including ordination of uh, full ordination of women and much else. The system has to change. And, uh, the men's groups and the, uh, the women's groups and the men and women meeting together really have an important contribution, more so than what we often realise. We do a lot of sharing, but... Pardon? We do a lot of sharing at men's group, but... Yeah, 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 good, I'm sorry you did. Good spirit. Good, okay. Thank you. All right. Let's have a, a quiet uh, moment or two to the room, please. <coughs>